wait, isn't trust our topic? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust many people and I don't have a good circle of trust. So I feel like I'm alone a lot. So I have issues with trust. Good. Good topic yeah. for today. Great. Okay. So let's talk about it. And, you know, we may need to go into two sessions with this one because it may, it may take a while to kind of put it together, but you're not the only person who struggles with trust. You know, it's, it's, um, if you've ever been burned before, you know, it's not easy to, to, uh, dip your toe back in sometimes, yeah, right? It's so true. Yeah. Right. But, but, you know, and I'd ask you this and I would ask anybody who's listening, you know, can you describe a time when you did feel trust with someone, you know, and what about that was good? Are you asking me personally or am I supposed to do yeah. this in my head? Yeah. Okay. Trust. Um, I trusted like um, uh, probably one, two, trusted, oh, I don't say, I'm trying to think though. I mean, I've trusted like a teacher, like in high school, I've trusted my that's best, cool. my best friend. They're, no, there's just, that's probably one of the only people I could say that I fully trusted throughout my life. She grew up next door to me when she was four. Uh, I was, she was, I was four. She was five. Now she still lives close to me. She's got two older kids, but I call her. She's the only one I could trust to talk to. I can't trust my own sister this way. I can't trust anyone else in my family this way. I couldn't trust my own mother this way. It's Melissa. You're right. I do have someone that I do trust and it's her. So what is it about that? So I'm just kind of asking that sure. in general, you know, but you can answer that, you know, what is it about that relationship that feels good? Understanding, no pressure, no. So they don't, ju they don't feel no like they judgment. Judge yeah. Okay. Like you can come to them with anything, anything and, and everything. And I think like a lot of times it feels like they're on your team. Yeah. Right. So even though, you know, you've done something horrifically stupid <laughs> and you come to them and you want to talk about it, they're on your team. They may not agree with what you did or what you said, you know, or a decision you made, but you know, they've got your back. Yes. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. I would a hundred percent agree. Um, but when I ask the opposite of that, if you can think of a time or if, like I said, if anybody out there can think of time, you know, that you did feel mistrust or betrayed, you know, what made that feel bad? There's so many times, my gosh, even recently, what? there's, what is it? I feel horrible, but I also feel, I knew it, like, okay, I'm used to this, like, to the point where it's okay, but it's not yeah. okay, but you kind of get okay. numb to it. Yeah. You're like, you can't, you can't let people in that far. Right. I do. Yeah. So, so I think it boils down at least for me to, you know, there's seems to be like a lack of understanding and, and what I like, they didn't get, they didn't get what I needed. They didn't get, you know, what was important to me, you know, or worse yet, they ran over that. You know, yeah, they didn't think about me, yeah. right? That's that's kind of what it feels like. And one of the things that I kind of what I would like to talk about today is a a lot of us say what you and I have just said, Jill, is like, okay, I don't trust that person, 
But then when I think about naming why they're not trustworthy, I can't quite put it into words. It's like this big concept, mm-hmm. you know? So at the Family Collective, one of the things that we that I've taught, one of the things we do well um, is in the nonprofit is talk about relationships, you know, how to, not just how to build them, but, um, you know, how to restore them and how to walk healthy in them. And so with this topic, with trust, I think it's important for us to know what's the anatomy of trust? What in the world, you know, are the dynamics of that? So I know which cog is off. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when you go back and you look at trust, it's a central part of all human relationships. You know, from the moment we're brought into this world with a parent, you know. As a child, um, especially. Yeah, that's you trust. That's all you know. That's all you. That's what we're introduced to is that concept of trust. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every person we meet, every place we go, even with our faith we face that significant of, can I trust this worth? Can I trust this is going to help or hurt? And a lot of people, and you might be one of them, some, I have been there in my life, can associate that word with pain more than, you know, gratefulness, more than good memories, Mm -hmm. you know, and it should be good. It should be, you know, somebody's, like we said, like with your friend, Melissa, somebody's got my back. Someone's always going to be there for me. Right. So with that confusion, no, we have to be honest that there's time we've all tried our hardest to protect ourselves (laughs) from receiving, you know, pain, hurt and betrayal again. Right. And we develop a self-defense mechanism where we just have to fortify ourselves. You know, I, I always think build a fort, you know, realize that we've put up a wall um, because it hasn't been 100% safe out there. Total, total walls. Absolutely. That's what we do. And then, and, and then you become numb or just kind of. You live in the live on the inside, yeah, of the fort. That's what I always say. We live on the inside of the fort, knowing we're living in there, and knowing that it might be scary outside of there. And even more importantly, I think almost every one of us knows that we have to we have to tiptoe out in order to, you know, walk really whole in relationships, mm-hmm. right? And that's the scary part. Um, there's an Old Testament word. When I looked up uh, the word trust, I thought it was interesting. It's, I, I probably, I'm going to probably murder it, but it's batach. Okay. And it means to feel careless. And I was like, whoa, that is so opposite than most people feel. Yeah. You know, that's what trust should be. When you completely trust someone, that's, you know, when you're talking about Melissa, that's that fearless, you know, carelessness that you have with that person. You don't have to be self-protective, right? 
There's a gentleman named Eric Erickson, and he's a he was a well-known psychoanalyst, and he was known for something called his eight stages of social emotional development, which are pretty interesting. Um, you know, for people out there, if you're interested to to look them up. But his theory was that men or men and women had to satisfy each stage before moving on to the next stage. Okay. Like you, if you could potentially get stuck in a stage and then not do the other stages of development very well, because mm. I would say walking with a limp basically. Right. And that first stage of development that begins in infancy is called basic trust versus basic mistrust. And I would say there are a lot of people that get, uh, you know, I would call it, the, I keep calling it a limp that early on. You know, I learn very early on not to trust even my parents. And um, they develop basic mistrust. They right there, like, I am going to go through life not really putting myself out there. Or we've said this before in other broadcasts, you know, not thinking that, you know, I'm okay, they're okay, right? So I can just, and I know that there are times in my life when I do think this way, where, you know, I believe the best about someone's behavior. Even when it looks back to bad to me, I believe the best. And that's the whole point of I'm okay, they're okay. Okay. I'm good, they're good. Yeah. So they've made a move that didn't look very trustworthy. But when I'm kind of walking in 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 a healthy sense of trust, I'm gonna go, oh, okay, well, they had a bad day. Rather than, or, oh, okay, they had a bad day. And the next time I'm with them, I'm going to talk with them about this. Rather than I'm going to go back behind my wall. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Sure does. <laughs> and it's where we want to get, right? Where we want to get. And that's why I talked about that. Um, Brene Brown talks about that anatomy of trust. So I've got to know what's off with my trust meter. All right. So what are some symptoms of mistrust? I mean, we are, I'm going to just read some classic um, symptoms. You may or may not have these, but difficulty getting close to others, rapid, intense relationships that end quickly as soon as this goes bad, right, mm -hmm. in our mind, constant thoughts of spouse or partner cheating on them, Sometimes they'll have unrealistic expectations of others, issues being vulnerable. We talked about that. Yeah. Strong urges to try to be in control of anyone and anything. And that's so I won't get hurt. You know, um, suspicious thoughts and potentially high levels of anxiety. And I would say if you're out there and you're going, oh, my gosh, I have all those. Do not be discouraged. That's why we're talking. You know, we we want to take um, steps that we can learn how to trust, yeah. even if it's for the first time. All right. So where where do the, some of these crazy, crazy trust issues come from? 
So childhood. You, I was going to say, talk with me. What do you think? Childhood. Okay. What What in childhood? Uh, well, for me personally, my parents' own fighting issues give me trust issues, which I know. Um, yeah, but learn so behavior around that. you, or yeah, what's the word? You what said what said again? Learned behavior. You know, you watch other yeah, yeah. patterns yeah. of behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is you didn't see them love well. Their affection. No. No. Yeah. Okay. So that absolute that's number two on the list. Lack of love, affection, or attention from parents and caregivers. So yes, that's pretty normal for us to think, okay, you know. Parents will often say, I don't love your mom or dad anymore, but I love you. Can you imagine a kid's going to go, oh, yeah, I trust that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I just watched that fall apart. Right. So so sadly, divorces can cause. You know, trust issues in children for that very reason. They don't believe that, um, you know, that they will be loved. You know, if my mom or dad could stop loving someone else, can they stop loving me? Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, as as a child gets older, that, you know, that understanding, you know, can get better. But little children, you know, don't really know how to perceive that very well. Um, Another big one is when someone loses a significant person, you know. It's, it's, it's hard because I'm, the bottom falls out of a friend, a spouse, you know, um, who do I trust anymore? Can I even trust God? Right. Um, Adoption can can cause issues of feeling abandonment or mistrust. Yeah. Definitely abuse. You know, um, definitely addictions. We've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, um, affairs. But what this all boils down to is I'm I'm I get afraid that I'm going to get hurt. Trust issues dictate how I'm going to respond to others. Mm -hmm. Right. We're going to maybe potentially protect our heart. We talked about that from. You know, going forward. You know, in my training, I was taught trust is the result of trustworthy actions. And I would say, if you are listening out there, that is a hundred percent true. Yeah. You're missing on trustworthy actions from someone else. Mm-hmm. But if you're not providing trustworthy actions, someone else is not going to be able to trust you. Yeah. So the obvious question is, what's a trustworthy action? True. Right. So John Gottman, who's done a bunch of clinical research, and he usually does um, marriages, but, you know, he does a lot of relationship um, work, says the two components in that description is one person doing a trustworthy action and the other person recognizing that it's a trustworthy action. Both are important to rebuild trust, right? For instance, if I came over to your house, I borrowed your blender and I didn't return it. then I came to your house 
and I borrowed a cake pan and I didn't return it. Then your food processor and I didn't return it. What would you tell me if I wanted you to borrow your coffee maker? (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's a trustworthy, I've, I've not been trustworthy in my actions, you know? So what research is trying to tell us is understand what trust is so I know how to build trust. So um, I'm going to talk about a little bit today about the research of Brene Brown and John Gottman. And what they said is trust is built in the small, insignificant moments of our life, not the huge ones. And I think most of us, or at least I do, I don't know about you, Jill, you remember the big ones. But trust is built, when I go back to your example of Melissa, in the in the little Mm -hmm. in the little things right it's built in those small moments and we kind of call them penny jar moments you know you can lose dump a penny jar out in one action and you lose everything and in order to rebuild it takes putting those pennies in one at a time yeah right Uh, if you've ever seen someone struggle with sobriety it's like that you know if they fall off the wagon it's like they start all over again right that's true one of the things that i thought was really interesting um when people look at research they said things like i trust my boss because they asked me how i was feeling i trust my neighbors because my kids were going through something, they brought me a meal. You know, the number one thing, Jill, that people said builds trust. What do you think that is? The bill of trust? What That builds trust. Uh-huh. Well, that you can rely on someone. That, that builds trust is, it's like actions speak louder than words. Like they have to trust to me builds trust. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Seeing is believing. Like it's one of those yeah. like hatch yeah, to yeah. me. That's yeah. Yep. I have to see it to believe it. I have to try yeah. trusting someone with someone. And then I and if, if it goes well and I trust them, then then I could trust again. Does that make sense? Yep, yep. Absolutely. The the thing that showed up in research, that thing that you're talking about, the builds, was showing up at someone's funeral. Oh yes, yes. So, you know, you'd lost someone and someone uh, took the time, which I would have like never come up with that, but but that's what showed up in research is the number one things that helps build trust in you is that they would take time to mourn with you, you know, in hard feelings. I was like, wow, okay. So I I remember that. That's an important thing to remember. But here's what Brene Brown tells us, and this was really important because, you know, I struggle with this. I think a lot of people do. I trust somebody because they'll ask for help when they need it. Yeah. Meaning they are vulnerable enough to say they need help. Yeah. So how many of us out there are better at giving help than asking for help? Yeah. True. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. 
we don't really want to get that vulnerable with somebody I and that because it's hard and it's what it is actually one of those small penny jar moments that you're talking about yeah. um he john gottman gives an example that's so powerful i i love this he's he said he was lying in bed one night and he had 10 pages left of his murder mystery and he had a strong feeling he knew who the killer was and he needed to finish his book we've all been there right so he said, I didn't even want to get up and brush my teeth, but I knew I should. So he was in a hurry. He gets, he gets up, he gets into the bathroom, and his wife is sitting in the bathroom. And she's brushing her hair, and he can see the look in her eyes. You know, just can you, you can just picture it. She's like, oh, you know, something's wrong, right? And most of us have faced that very same moment, exactly what you said, Joe. It's my first thought is just keep walking. Don't make eye contact because I will have to stop. Right? And it's no different than when your phone rings and you see a name on there and you go, oh, yeah, no, not today. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't do this, right? Yeah, right. And that's exactly it. It's those moments of trust with someone. So important. It really is. Yeah. Because we would want I, them to pick up. I, but we're out of time. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Wow. Okay. Ah, it happens. <laughs> okay. We started a little late. Yes. So, all right. So, um, what we want to do the next time we're together is, is start up from here and talk about those things that create the anatomy of trust. What we said is, you know, what exactly do I need to do to understand, right, you know, what's off in a trusting relationship and how I can help make it better. So what are those penny jar moments? So you can find this actually entire teaching at thefamilycollective.co or reach out to us at info at thefamilycollective.co. And um, if you can't wait, go find it. It's out there. And thank you, Jill. You've been very helpful. <laughs> thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. And whatever time it is, we'll, we'll figure it out. Thank you. We'll figure it out next time. <laughs> okay. Thank Bye you, Jill. Soon. Thank you. Bye.